Melons, the podcast for the dyslexic community. We're your hosts. I'm Reed. And I'm Drew. And we're still hosting from the same closet. Woohoo! <laughs> Today's episode is going to be about Drew and what it was like being um, a child with dyslexia going through public school. I'm going to talk about what it's like for a student with dyslexia in the public school system and how we tend to fall through the cracks of education. Okay, well, let's get to it. Yep. Here I go. What do you have to say? (sighs) There was never a point in time in which I didn't know I was dyslexic. I got tested extremely young, um, which was lucky for me in a lot of ways. I was tested at five years old right after kindergarten. One of the reasons I got tested so young is because my mom knew I was dyslexic. Uh, She had two other kids before me, my older sister, Kyle, who is dyslexic, and then my older sister, Taylor, who is not. And she could definitely tell that I was more like one than the other. Um, I had trouble remembering my ABCs, remembering what sound goes with what letter. Um, I had a hard time with rhyming words, as well as I couldn't recognize the letters in my own name which are all classic signs of dyslexia. It wasn't until third grade that I actually really noticed that I was different than everybody else. And it just happened to be the same time that they were noticing that I was different too. Um, This was the time when I was separated from the rest of the class to go to special ed classes. Yeah, that happened around the same age for me, too, when I was in public school. It was, it was uh, fourth grade. We were taken out of our regular, you know, classes and put into the special ed room. Mm-hmm. Where we got some extra help with reading. I do remember that period of time being when the TH was really being drilled into my head and the <laughs> of the WH I also have, when two vowels go walking, the first one does the talking, absolutely drilled into my head. But this was also the time in which they were trying to teach us how to spell and write along with reading, which I was already having trouble with the sounds, let alone trying to figure out how to spell words with those sounds that I couldn't figure out. So that was just a whole, like, I didn't even know where to begin with it. It was just hard. And I couldn't figure out why it was so hard for me. And everyone else was catching on, you know? This was also the time in which this should be a sight word by now. Mm. This should be a sight word by now was a mantra being said to me by teachers. And I have to say, at least as a dyslexic, I've come to a very strong conclusion that there is no such thing as a sight word. At least there's no such thing as a sight word without first having sight sounds. Because if I can't sound out the word, I can't read the word, it ain't going to be a sight word. So 
Yeah. Sight sounds. Reading comes second. Then sixth grade was an interesting grade. That's when the next change kind of happened, when I really recognized that I was getting spelling words that were significantly smaller than the other kids in my class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course they recognize that too. That is not lost on them. And the special ed classes I was in stopped being any sort of reading class and was very much so a glorified study hall where I had a teacher there to help me read my homework, write my homework, read the chapters. And unless it was a book, a storybook, they didn't offer books on tape. Yeah. I don't know if they made them. Well, it was something that was like it had to be part of your IEP, which it, it was, at least for me, it was. It probably was for you too. Should have been. Um, but not every book, especially back then, was on some sort of cassette or something that we could have like used. Mm-hmm. But this is also something that's kind of interesting is that in fifth grade in public school, that's when they stop, or like it's after fifth grade when you're going to sixth, that's when they stop giving you um, like the special ed classes and they start putting you into like that study hall type version of it. You're no longer getting reading instruction after that age. You're just getting maintenance help from somebody. Mm-hmm. And that's very frustrating. It's also the time in which I kept on getting told, you need to practice more. Are you practicing? Are you practicing at home? And don't get me wrong. I mean, practicing reading is is a good thing, but when you don't have the tools because you haven't had the repetition that you need to decode the word, reading is such a frustrating and depressing task. Well, it's also, if you don't have the phonics space to, like, that, like, basic understanding of words, how are you going to be teaching yourself at home. Like I get having homework for reading and where it's where you go and you do like I did um, the same paragraph over and over again. So you start working on your fluency that way. But we're not introducing new words. Mm-hmm. If you're going home and are you practicing? Are you teaching yourself? Well, no, of course I'm not teaching myself. Did you teach me? I didn't think so. I didn't think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then once we hit about 15, so I'm trying to think what grade that is. 12 is... So, shoot, whatever. So, about 15 years old. That is when people started recommending books. Basically high school. Basically high school. Yeah, it's high school. That's when the recommending, well, you know, I didn't like reading much when I was younger either. So, why don't you try this book, this series, this whatever that really inspired me and got my my imagination going and that's going to magically give me the ability to read. And that was really frustrating because I've actually been listening to books for years and years. My mother always got us books on tape because she knew we loved stories. And she also used to read to us a lot when we were kids. And then she started getting us books on tape. So like I listened to all the Laura Ingalls Wilder books. I listened to, um, Encyclopedia Brown, um, I mean, all the Harry Potter books, you know, it, so... You like Night Train in Memphis, too. Oh, my goodness. Night Train in Memphis. That was a wonderful book. And that book, after reading it, or reading it a couple of times, I'm like, there's more books to this. And I've been tracking the rest of them down. I have not found all of them yet mm. because they stopped 
recording them. Oh, that's... Oh! So anybody out there, if you know Elizabeth Peters in Night Train of Memphis, in that series, there's somebody out there who really wants it read by Kathleen Turner and wants the entire series. It's not true. Sorry. I just... I just want everything. I want everything. Um, I love mysteries. Mysteries are like... Mysteries, true crime, go-to. And... High school is also when teachers really start to lose patience with me. Um, as we said, unless it was a storybook, I wasn't offered a book on tape. I don't know if they, you know, and I would have to get that chapter read by a teacher in my special ed class. And if they couldn't finish the chapter, I would have to go home and ask one of my parents to read it to me. One of my parents who had five children, and I was not the only dyslexic one. So, yeah, that's a whole ball of stress. And teachers were not understanding that I couldn't get the chapters read myself. It was basically, if the teacher couldn't get it to you, and your parents couldn't do it for you, that's your problem, not ours. Well, it's the whole, nowadays, we have more technology, which is why it's so frustrating. Mm-hmm. But back then, these teachers, these high school teachers are coming from this area of, I didn't go into early education for a reason. Why am I trying to help you with these basics? I've never thought of it quite like that before, but I mean, it's not an excuse. But that it's is true. It's not an excuse, no, but it is. Uh, That's mm. true. <sighs> it's it's that mindset is understandable in the sense that yeah that's not what they went to school for but unfortunately everyone progresses at different rates well that and also if you don't have the proper instruction you don't progress at all which is exactly what started happening which is in it, public yeah. school yep yep this is also the time in which i had two study halls now which was frustrating to me i had my special ed classes where i was supposed to get my homework done and then i had a study hall where i didn't have a reader so I had nothing to do. It felt like a waste of time. That was very frustrating. So unproductive. Mm-hmm. In high school is when they started having people read aloud more, especially when it came to uh, stories. Like Shakespeare. Like English. Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And the anxiety of having that line go around and you knew your paragraph was coming up and you're trying to memorize your paragraph as fast as you can before it gets to you, which you're never going to memorize it. And then you get, you get it and it's your turn and you start to read. And the second you stop on any word, the teacher jumps in and tells you what it is. Which is going to happen all the time because you read slower in general. And the truth is, even with therapy, I'm going to read slower. We just... So, I remember this from high school, but I was at a different high school, you know. One for people like me. Um, And there was still that anxiety there, even though I was going through this reading therapy like everyone else in the school and everyone else in my grade had a different, you know, reading level or in that class had a different reading level. So, it shouldn't have been a a big deal, but it still is. For our thing, everybody's got a certain part, so we knew who our part was. And I took the book home and I read it the night before I like gave myself a little extra homework so I didn't have that anxiety in class giving the kid it to go home and memorize is actually it is really good like that's something that I would have been able to accomplish especially if it wasn't like you know too many paragraphs it was one paragraph I could I could get that memorized pretty well and 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 then read it in class 
but they never gave it to me to send home, take home with me. Yeah, some and some schools don't let you take the book home, and that's something else they have to think about. Mm-hmm. This is also when teachers started saying things to me like, "You're never going to make it in college if you can't stop relying on your teacher's aid." Also, things like, you know, college professors are not going to be nearly as understanding as we have been. My college experience is a story for another time. But I will say most, most college professors are very understanding. Most. (laughs) But that is soul crushing for a kid to hear that this problem that you have, this, this thing that you are struggling with. That we can't help you with. That we... I felt more like we don't want to help you with. You should have figured this out by now. You're just, ugh. It's soul crushing and it hurts. Mm. And fortunately, I had very, very supportive parents who always told me I could do whatever I wanted to and was very encouraging about me going to college if I wanted to. Um, they actually had to fight with the school quite a bit to get the the IEP that I even had, which is a individual education plan. And that's a whole nother story yeah. about their fight with the public school system. But, but I think um, our parents were so supportive for a lot of different reasons, but mainly because when they were growing up, they always told that they couldn't. So like dad was told not to go to college because he was dyslexic, mm-hmm. except he never he didn't get diagnosed um, back then. So they didn't didn't know that that what that's what it was. They just thought you know you just can't read, dude. And he can actually read. He reads a lot better than well both of us. Yeah, I mean, I guess me now I can read as good as he can because I've had training. But mm-hmm. yeah, my dad's always encouraged us to to read as well. And he, um, I remember him practicing reading, air quote practicing reading. You would go to your dance class, and I had to tag along too because I'm the youngest. And you're off in dance, and Dad's in the car with his book, and that's his hour of reading every day, you know? Mm-hmm. I remember him doing that on purpose. But he's also, like, he's a dude that does, like, Sudokus and crossword puzzles. He's oh, into he's that, like, that into, like, personal progress things. Mm-hmm. He's always liking to use his brain that way, which is cool. So, I think my stars that I had the parents that I had, because if I didn't, public school would have crushed me completely if I had parents who didn't understand and fought tooth and nail for me that no she deserves to be educated and she's not lazy and she's not slow and without that support I probably wouldn't, wouldn't have, have gone to college yeah, so I wouldn't have done what you've done mm-hmm. so I thank them very much well wasn't that a hunky-dory story Sort of. I mean, it's one that we've heard before of this, the, the lack of help in school and just kind of like a little bit what happens time timeline-wise where, you know, you do kind of get a little bit of help when you're younger, but it's not the right help. And then once you pass a certain age where you should really be out of this stage, they just kind of, again, warehouse you and put you into a corner and say, you know, we'll give you this aid to help you, but don't expect to have this, you know, your whole life. And your it's whole like, life. Mm-hmm. well, how do I get help? How do I, how do I better myself? How do I, how do I figure out how to read? Like if you guys couldn't do it, how do I do it? Oh my goodness. That is so true. If you couldn't figure out how to teach me, how in the world am I supposed to learn how to teach myself? Yeah. And it's just, and the thing is though, is that 
the frustrating thing is, is that the instruction has been out there for a while. Mm-hmm. It's just about getting certified in it and about paying the money. And it all comes down to money. Unfortunately. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to my story. Yeah. Okay, little melons. As always, you need to be going over to Instagram at melons.podcast to say hi to us and see our posts and get more information that way. Could you please go and review or like or give it five stars, depending on what platform you're on. All that, like, that stuff, that little, you know, me shamelessly plugging myself, I don't mind doing. All that helps the podcast. It helps me for a couple of reasons. One, to know if you like it. Two, it helps people find me. And then if you don't like it, at least somebody else might like it out there, you know? So thank you in advance. We are a community and we love sharing our story with you and seeing our community grow. So please come and grow with us. As always, Melons, be different and be kind.